Hey girl, hey. Hello. Can you believe that we are on the finale of 6A? Absolutely not. Banana bread. Um, it seems like just yesterday we were a young podcast only starting, and now... It seems like just yesterday <laughs> we were searching for a body in the woods. <laughs> it seems like just yesterday we had not ever heard of the coronavirus. Oh my god. <laughs> I sometimes forget how much of... We didn't get through... I think we got through... One and part of two. Yeah, by the time by the time it hit that this all rolled in, and that is uh, so crazy to think about the before times. Yeah, um, that I'm I'm so old. Well, I'm like the <laughs> crypt keeper. This is terrible. <laughs> well, the Teen Wolf Rewolf. Yeah, this podcast, our podcast, the Teen Wolf Rewolf, a podcast where we talk about MTV's Teen Wolf. My name is Christian, and I'm Julia, and we're here to talk about MTV's Teen Wolf. It is kind of a time capsule. Of the last two years. Of history. Politically, a good time capsule of our 20s. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't say good. Uh, I, I meant good is. as in like a, a good encapsulation. Sure. Not as in accurate. Good our as in 20s were good. The global pandemic took a... So good is in accurate. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Um. Yeah. It's been interesting. And uh, we are here to talk about what we think should have been the finale of the show, the series finale. Yes. I would like, after this episode, to be able to go to the little home button on our Roku and then turn the TV off. Yeah. I mean, I think that there is probably merit to 6B. Honestly, by the time I was watching it, I was so raw about what it was trying to, like, allegorize that I was a little put off by it. Um, I think we're going to find things that we do really like about it. I, I know there are characters we like following and exploring. I know there's relationships we're interested in. But yes, this is very much like the denouement of the show. Um, they Scott and Styles are OG friends. They drive off into the sun set. After talking about where all the characters are going in life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like saying, I need you. I'm giving you the Jeep. You yeah. can have all my keys. Um, it's sweet. It feels like we have come full circle with the acknowledgement that everybody has grown and evolved throughout that time. And it, it's just lovely. It's, it's, it's pretty cute. Yeah. It's real cute. Um, this past week has been leading up to the anniversary of the actual finale of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of like... Everybody who's ever worked on Teen Wolf is sharing all these like set memories and stuff on social media. It's been very nostalgic. I think mostly because now it's making us reflect on our the fact that we're almost done. Which is, um, I don't know that I'm sad yet. I'm like anticipating being sad about it. Yeah. Um, right now I'm just frustrated <laughs> that people keep being like, "What's the next project?" You'll know when we announce it. We, but it's. It, it, it exists as an idea. It, it's cooking. We're not making it up as we go along. We, yeah. we have thoughts, but yeah. it's a surprise. Yeah. So it's interesting. I think, you know, another thing that we heard from uh, listeners this week has been that the reason why people would want a season seven is because 6B doesn't offer a lot of closure. It basically reopens a, like the show mm-hmm. in a new story with like a new environment and then just cuts it off. Which is sad because, like we said, like six, there would be no like I need more if six A was the true conclusion of the show. Yeah, um, 
there, I think, are ways that they definitely could have made 6A, like, more of a complete wrap-up. But even as is, like, there's no outstanding storylines to be wrapped up. And I think when people say, like, oh, but I want to know what happened to Isaac. I want to know what happened to Danny. I don't think that, like, Isaac is so far gone from the show now that, like, I basically am just, like, I'm sure he's living his life in France or with the Medicis or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, because they bring back the old characters in 6B, you're all of a sudden being, like, hey, what about, what about, what about, you know, it it doesn't Mm -hmm. quite do what this one does to sort of let you be at ease with, you know, us being done in Beacon Hills. That said... We got to get into this episode. We got to talk about the series as a whole. Like the, I mean, the season as a whole. We'll get to the series on a whole in, uh, at a later date. Um, and we're going to be talking about season six, episode 10, Riders of the Storm. Yeah, yes, it was written by Jeff Davis and Angela Harvey and directed by our good pal, Russell Mulcahy. <laughs> Close personal <laughs> Dear friend. Dear friend. Yes. Um, and I think they did a great job, personally. I think, uh, yeah. Uh, I think that the writing of this was choppy. I think it was... The pacing wasn't great. There was a lot of scenes where, like, it... And this could totally be an editing problem, Mm -hmm. where, like, it would be, like, 30 seconds of a fight, and then it'd go back to something else. And I'd be like, that wasn't... I didn't need that. I am assuming that they're fighting while this other stuff is happening. Yeah, I got it. (laughs) I'm good, actually. I didn't forget. I didn't... Yeah. I think this situation really could have benefited from, like, a true two-part finale. Yeah. Um, And I think that would have helped with how fragmented it felt it felt pretty well paced almost too fast um no I thought it was too fast yeah I think that was my problem is that we Mm -hmm. like there was all these like minute scenes Mm -hmm. and it was like clearly there were probably was something there that had to be you know condensed um the story of Teen Wolf (laughs) the story of Teen Wolf literally I don't want to get rid of the last episode because we enjoyed it so much but yes if this had been like 11 episodes or, e- or literally just an hour and a half finale it's the finale do what you want do what you want another 30 minutes would have put it the uh, another the cherry fi- on top well another 15 minutes would have been just given it so much more room to breathe at the end especially yeah yeah um but before we get too deep we do have to do the 60 second recap unfortunately and as you probably already know i am going first the notes that we both took for this well, one, illegible because me, but two, so many. So, so many. So many. Um, here's hoping that we get as far as we can. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, that's actually, you know what? <laughs> I hope I get as far as I can go. Doing your personal best. Yeah. It's personal record. You're going to PR yeah. in this. <laughs> I'm going to PR my... No, because I have PR'd before. I have gotten to the end of an episode four, so this one That's certainly true. isn't going to be one of those. We, uh, let's just say you're going to... We're going to PR our season finale recaps. Oh, God, I don't remember, I don't remember any of the season finales. Well, nobody fact check us, but that's what we're going to say we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, can we go back to one? We found out we both got it done. I sincerely doubt that. That was literally um, so long ago. No one's going to check. Um, or will they? No. Um, okay. Well, it is your turn to go first. That's disgusting, but okay. Um, and I'm going to give you a minute starting right now. 
Okay, so Liam climbs out of the elevator in the hospital and uh, realizes that the hunt is like collapsing in on the real world. Styles uh, hears Lydia's voice and then is like, "Oh my gosh, I can hear Lydia!" And the sheriff is in the hunt and then helps him get out. And then Styles reemerges into the jeep and and meanwhile in the bunker they're like, "It didn't work." And Lydia's like, "No, I know it worked." And then Liam shows up and is like, D- "Scott, you got to see this." And Scott's like, "Okay, you guys stay here in case Styles shows up." And Lydia's like, "Why would Styles show up?" And they go looking for him and they see that the jeep is no longer in the parking lot at the school, so they're like, "He's here." Meanwhile at the hospital, Liam and um, Scott run into Douglas and Douglas sticks Parrish on them but then Styles shows up and hits him with a bat and they spray Parrish with liquid nitrogen and he unwolfs out and then Parrish is like he's mel- mo- like melding the world so that he can bring the wild hunt over and they're like that sounds really shitty and then Parrish is like but there's a switch and you can make the train switch directions meanwhile at the school Lydia and Malia find train tracks and they go to the library and find that there is a whole like hunt waiting room in the library and they, they're like how do we get these people out of here we need to contact them and they can't but then they're like Peter and then Lydia is like you have to express emotions towards your father and then Malia calls him dad and he wakes up and then they try to fight oh my god nice details i really i there are too many details i should have just been huffing it i didn't but you know there there are things to to notice and to say yeah but that's for the uh, that is for the other half of the podcast i know i know i know but sometimes it's like oh we don't even get to all of it that's true that's true um maybe you can do better than me maybe skip out on some of the details move a little bit farther in the plot Maybe mention Chris, Melissa, That's a really Claudia, Theo, any other person <laughs> that I didn't get to. Uh, the baby pack, which I literally didn't get to. Uh, we'll see. I guess we will. On we- your mark, get set, go. <laughs> okay, so Liam gets out of the hospital and sees um, all of the train stuff. And it's like, I got to go find Scott. Styles hears Lydia say his name and he and his dad reunite. And then he goes off to make it through the rift. Lydia realizes that he's there, but Scott and Malia don't see him. Um, and he goes up in the Jeep. Liam comes to grab Scott at the bunker and they go looking all over town for each other, basically. Scott and Liam are at the hospital with the train tracks and Mr. Douglas is there with Parrish. And they, um, you know, have a little bit of a fight and Styles shows up and saves them. Everybody gets to hug for a moment. Lydia and Malia find a train station in the library and then they find Peter and they kind of wake him up. Hayden and Mason are looking for Corey in the train stations and they realize that he's the announcer. Um, La, 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 la. Um, Parrish is like you can only uh, stop merging the worlds by diverting the train Liam thinks that Corey might be the key to everything and he's like I'm going to be part of the hunt and uh, get on the horse so um, Theo saves him to help him go do that Malia calls uh, Peter dad to get him through Mason and Hayden uh, reunite with Liam when he rides into the train station and then Scott and Styles make it to the train diverter but Mr. Douglas's raptures them both to the locker room in school but it doesn't really work because we, la, la, la. oh my gosh you got so much farther than me <laughs> I was trying to scan my notes uh, to like look ahead to see what was going on, but the reading and the talking at the same time, yeah, not going well. Yeah, reading like <laughs> we got to do this teleprompter style, I think. Possibly, we, yeah, yeah, like the teleprompter challenge or whatever. Uh huh. Um, it would take so much effort. Yeah, it would. Well, <laughs> typing our notes into a teleprompter would take the longest amount of uh, exactly, time. Exactly, exactly. But since you got so far, and mm-hmm. since you did go second, would you like to catch us up on what happened in the rest of this episode? Sure. Um, so the ghost riders start to go after Lydia and Malia, and Peter basically saves them. Um, Scott goes off, to, goes off to fight the ghost riders, um, and the baby pack finds uh, Corey literally like hooked up to the announcer. I thought that was cool. It was very cool, actually, pretty metal. Um, Styles gets held up by one of the ghost riders, but Lydia saves him, and they kiss. Oh, it's so, it's a really good kiss too. It's really good. Like it's so sort of like sad and like 
why didn't this happen before? But thank God it's happening now. Great kiss. We'll get there, but great kiss. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chris and Melissa are looking for a way out and, um, he steals a ghost rider gun and they have this fantastic little standoff moment. And then Chris and Melissa have their little smooch and she's like, you're so hot. He really he is. is. And they both are. <laughs> God, what a good choice. Um, and then Scott makes it back to Douglas, uh, and, um, the whole hunt shows up and then Claudia is, um, looks like a ghost rider and like trying to trick, um, styles to kill him, I guess. Mason wants to unplug Corey, but he, uh, but Corey and Liam are both like, no, we have to stay like this to give Scott more time. And Douglas is like, Scott, are you suicidal or stupid? And Scott's like, I'm stupid. <laughs> and, uh, Theo and Malia and Peter all show up and they're like, we're maybe in the pack, but we are gonna fight you anyway um Malia's like I'm in the pack and then these guys followed me (laughs) um Malia uh gets the whip to Scott and he manages to divert the train while Styles um you know is fighting the Claudia apparition basically and the sheriff comes in and saves them with the help of Lydia who like banshee directs the bullet very fun um the ghost riders go to follow the storm since the train has been diverted and Douglas starts to freak out that they're not uh listening to him and they turn him into a ghost rider I guess as retribution then um the sun is shining in Beacon Hills and it is daytime and it is everybody's last day of school well the seniors um and Styles is like what well, this is so anticlimactic so he takes takes a moment to present Mason with the bat and he gives Scott the duct tape and he gives Liam some advice, I guess. Um, and we find out that Lydia is going to MIT as a junior. Scott's going to UC Davis. Styles is going to George Washington in DC and he and Lydia are driving down there together to set up a storm, um, because they can take the train to each other because they're both going to be on the East coast. Anyway, um, Styles DC um, to Boston isn't far, but it's not close. Well, it is um, a long train ride. That's like six hours. Thanks, Amtrak. Eight hours? Something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but Styles gives Scott all of his like secret key copies, and they have their little moments where it's like, I need you, and even though we're going far away, I still need you. Um, and they dr- they literally get in the car. We hear the sheriff say, "Are you kidding me? There's a body in the woods." And they drive off into the sun dappled woods. Possibly to go find the body. Possibly to go to school. To, yeah. To go do to get summer. Some, no, it's summer, yeah. To go get yeah. some ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and everybody I'm, lived we, happily ever after. We have, Yeah, and that's it. We have had this conversation before. We'll have it right now again. <laughs> if you were like, hey, Christian, there's a body in the woods, I'd be like, sucks. <laughs> not my business. I'd be like, yeah, it sounds like not my problem. <laughs> like, I would be sad, obviously, at the loss of human life and be like, um, I, you know, this sounds like something tragic happened. But I would not go and investigating no again it is just it's not my job it's not my job it's not my job not my circus not my monkey (laughs) so this is like as we said an extremely successful finale um we had a great time multiple times i was like this is the best (laughs) right after chris and melissa kissed i was like this is the best show on television (laughs) because it's preceded by this like old western who's quicker on the draw, draw? standoff. Brilliant. It's so good. Brilliant. Um, this episode is really referential actually, which is kind of mm-hmm. fun. Um, before we get too into that, we should probably introduce our theme. So we're going to be talking about this episode through the theme of devotion. Which feels very in keeping with like most of this season um, and the show yeah, as a whole. Yeah. I mean, I think that often, I guess the phrase that Teen Wolf likes to use is loyalty. Mm. 
Um, but I think that there's something about devotion where it is like so. It's a. It's not a moral right like I think loyalty is perceived as it's like an emotional draw and like that is clearly the part the you know thing that sustains this season so well um I'm interested in knowing where you'd like to start um it's hard to know we have a lot of characters to talk about do you want to start with the baby yeah so I think um Mason is clearly the most the person who shows devotion most clearly. Like, Liam does too, but it's a little bit more to the cause than it is mm-hmm. to the people. Um, Mason and Hayden, who is basically written out of this episode, which is kind of unfortunate because in her last episode, she didn't get to do anything. And yeah. again, like, my problem with Hayden isn't Victoria Morales. It's not the concept of her as a character. It is the writing execution of her character. Completely unfair um, especially given the other female characters' strength in this show. But, so him and, um, Mason and Hayden are in the hunt, and he is desperately looking for Corey, and he can't find him, and this is leading back to this conversation he has where he's like, I guess my superpower is being able to find Corey. So that is sort of upsetting something he understands about himself and his relationship to Corey, mm-hmm. and Hayden is like, dude, you, you are trying so hard. You are so devoted to this cause that you're actually like not paying attention to your own skills in doing this. Mm-hmm. You need to take a second. And it, it takes him almost no time at all to hear that second announcement that the train is coming. And he's like, oh, of course it's him. Yeah. You know? I would know his voice. I know everything about him. Which is like, obviously love is its own form of devotion. And I just found that so touching and such an interesting and lovely callback to the middle of the season. To the middle of the season, and I also would say that it's kind of a callback to a lot of what drives seasons one and two of um, Scott and Allison's devotion to each other, which is just like such a huge driving force in their lives and the lives of everybody around them. Um, And I feel like we have really seen a lot of these characters' relationships kind of grow and evolve in, like, positive ways that happen when you're growing up and you're learning how to have relationships with people. Um, But there was something so, like, genuine and lovely about the way that Scott and Allison are devoted to each other and to kind of see that, um, not replicated, but, like, to see that very similarly in the relationship that Mason and Corey have to each other um, is delightful. And... It's really sweet, um, not sweet, but I think it's like a really good understanding of the relationship that these characters have to each other, that when they do find Corey and they do find him hooked up to all these wires, which was sick again. Yeah. It looked really well, cool. Well, it's been a while since we had any like... Good body horror. Yeah. Season mm-hmm. six has been very um, not yucky. Yeah. Which I get because that's obviously not the ghostwriters do, but I could use... Some a little bit of blood. A little bit of blood and guts. Theo shows up like looking disgusting and like dirty and covered in blood. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Everybody should look like that at, at this point. But I do like the idea <laughs> that like Theo has just been fighting nonstop since <laughs> Liam left. Fighting for his life. life. Um, um, but yeah, when we find Corey, and I think this is slightly about where you're going to go, like we see, you know, we see a character who has been like sort of seen as somebody who's only devoted to Mason Mm -hmm. and somebody who you and I have been like, what is this dude's like, this guy doesn't seem to have a very clear moral compass beyond, you know, self-protection and like sort of 
secondary self-protection, which would be protection over Mason. But when they go to pour, like pull the cords out, he says, no, we need to give them more time. Mm-hmm. Or, well, Liam suggests it. And obviously, because obviously Corey doesn't know that. And it's immediate that he's like, no, it doesn't matter what I'm going through right now. Like, this cause is more than my pain. Yeah. And it obviously deeply pains Mason to see him in such a way and then to hear him denying a chance to live. I mean, obviously they don't know what's going to happen to them if Scott doesn't succeed, but you know, Mason's devotion in that moment, like his love for Corey is automatically saying, I have to fix him. I have to get these, you know, wires out of him, but he has such respect and a deep understanding of Corey in that moment that he respects what he says. Yeah. And he doesn't try to fight Liam on it. I think it's a reversal of the, where their devotions sort of lie. Whereas Mason's has always sort of been greater good. And then Corey's has been Mason. And now mm-hmm. Mason's is Corey and Corey's is greater good. I love that. Yeah. Uh, because it makes you more interested in Corey. Like. Yeah. 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 I, I like the relationship between Mason and Corey, but I hadn't had the reason to be like, oh, I like Corey as well. Mm-hmm. This is a nice... Not that you need to like a character, because I think Corey is actually interesting on his own. He just wasn't somebody I was like, woohoo, this guy's on screen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love an unlikable ca- Peter. No, Peter is likable. <laughs> is. Peter is likable. That's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. But you... you mm, other people don't like him. Um, yeah. It's... Uh, great to see that relationship and I don't have a whole lot to say about Liam because I feel like we've talked about him uh, a lot but his devotion to the cause is constantly putting him in danger and this time literally he puts himself on a horse to ride into the lion's den yeah okay quick complaint about Liam who doesn't like horses um I don't know. He's small. Maybe they scare him. I, every time I meet somebody who's afraid of horses, I'm like, imagine saying that to somebody in like 1880. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes fears are irrational. Horses are gigantic animals. They're okay, but they're not like carnivores, <laughs> you know? No, but it's like, I, I feel like if you don't spend any time around horses and you don't like know how to read them. All right. It's it's like intimidating. They're taller than you most of the time. Drop in the comments. Do horses scare you? <laughs> I mean, not me personally. I'm just no, trying no, no, to no, empathize. No. I'm asking the wolf pack. Um, do you are you do I sound crazy? Maybe. Whatever. Um no, I think that this is a, a huge continuation of the devotion he was showing in the last episode, which is that if my, you know, the greatest chance of making something happening is putting myself in the most amount of danger, then I'm going to do it. And I really loved that exchange he has with Styles when he's like, I'm going to go in the hunt because I've realized that Corey is this thing. And Styles is like, uh, very smart. You, you're you definitely right, but don't do that. And Liam is like, yeah, I'm going to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is very cute um, in a moment where Scott and Styles have this fantastic little exchange where Styles is like, God, were we like that? And Scott's like, Buddy, we were worse. Yeah. Oh, my God. This episode was so funny. Like, yeah. I thought this season was funny, but literally just Styles being in it for, like, a second. I was like, oh, this show's hilarious. <laughs> it is so funny. It's so funny. Um, yeah. And I, I really liked, and, you know, Theo isn't a huge part of this episode, but does show devotion in a very sort of strange Theo-type way, where when Liam is about to jump, I don't know why he decides he's going to jump from the, like... That would hurt so bad. 
for you and the horse. Yeah. Um, to jump from like this, the sky bridge to the horse, he gets attacked by a ghost rider and Theo shows up and he's like, I don't remember what the line was, but I think it was like, I have been doing everything all day. Hold on. I wrote it down. Okay. I, I went through all of this to keep you from being taken. Yeah. Which means like, did. Li- literally <laughs> did Theo like look around at the hospital and realize that Liam had just left. <laughs> I mean, we get absolutely no explanation as to what happened to Theo or how he got there. But I actually quick little theory. Uh-huh. I think because the world's, have merged oh he maybe probably he, he can move between them if he was raptured but the, the people who are raptured aren't cognizant it's very confusing no but you know how scott and styles keep getting raptured and just keep going back to like spawn points like yeah a video which i game? liked that yeah, yeah i loved that maybe that's what happened to him maybe um but yeah i think you know we see that and he shows up to fight at the end and he's like i'm here to help scott and malia's like yeah but you are not one of us you know but like theo is clearly showing a sort of a loyalty yeah but Which I, is new I, don't, for him. I, I don't necessarily think it's loyalty. I do think he would, you know, switch sides. Sure. But right now, I think it is purely kind of like, I'm devoted. I'm here. I'm Right now, you got me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Him and, you know, Peter. I love in, you, Peter. In that moment. Just any any chance to shout out loving Peter. Um, yeah. Liam has always been devoted to the cause. I think he, in this episode, earns his title as um, not necessarily the new alpha, but perhaps the new protector of Beacon Hills once Scott is gone. Um, And that's really gratifying to see after uh, everything he's gone through this season. I agree. Uh, Shall we move on away from the baby pack? Yes. Who would you like to talk to? Talk, talk to. Talk to. I would like to talk to so many people, but who would you like to talk to next? Do you want to talk about uh, Peter and also a little bit about Malia? Let's do it. Um, Peter, I wish, was in more of this episode. They don't really find him till midway through. And it's just kind of, I don't know. I feel like they could have played this up for laughs a little bit more of, like, Peter getting continually raptured um, in, like, a Groundhog Day scenario. Oh, my gosh, yes. (laughs) So funny. Um, But they do find him in the train station. And, um, you know, Lydia has her funny little moment where she's like, "Uh, Malia, actually, you need an emotional connection to call to somebody (laughs) i don't love this because i think that like malia has a dad who loves her yeah where is he i don't know but she does have one i just think the idea that like they have this inherent relationship because he's her biological father is not no very intelligent it's not um I think it would have gone over better if we had had more scenes of the two of them together, because right now what we're getting this from is the fact that he like made it through the rift to get to her basically. Yeah. Grand gesture. So Mm -hmm. she might be pretty flattered by that. Uh, Yeah. Um, and, but they haven't really had much time to build relationships. And I guess if you're going off the metric of one biological parent literally tried to murder me and the other one is kind of bemused by my existence, yeah. he comes out on top. Yeah. But <laughs> other than that, they could have just, like, Lydia could have just Banshee, Banshee screamed um, to get his attention or something. Like, yeah, not enough screaming in this episode. Especially once we find out that her scream can kill Ghost Riders. Yeah. Hello? Where has it been this whole season? She never tried. Hello? Come on. Yeah. She never tried. After everything she went through in season five, she never was like, well, let's give it a shot. They're afraid of me, so. I thought it was really weird in the last episode that she never tried screaming at the void 
or the yeah me too yeah i thought it was weird um oh, why do they like they find any reason to backburner her powers which is so oh mm. but then it magic but then she magically can do anything with her powers so yeah. pick oh my one. god like the the scarlet witch <laughs> of of teen wolf yeah literally um yeah that whole scenario is is really fascinating it's interesting but i think you know it makes me think about when did they decide that they had this relationship together like because she's like you have to establish and you have to express an emotional connection it's not like malia is deciding then and there that peter is her dad she must have decided somewhere felt that somewhere in in the time where he was back i think probably when he came to save them in the tunnels probably do you know where i also think that this might have come from is the fact that um tyler hecklin isn't in the season at all and this is the first time that we've really seen peter since he left the show so malia is his only family connection it's It's true not like he has his connection to derek to lean on because not that peter has literally ever been steered in a morally correct direction ever by derek he is sometimes influenced by the fact that they're related. Yeah. I think he likes Derek. Yeah. In like a... In, in an like, I'm your uncle like, type yeah. of way. <laughs> yeah. But I think you're right. I think that realizing that he is kind of alone in the world right now without Malia does inspire that devotion, which is why mm-hmm. it works on both of their ends. Um, I thought that was interesting. I thought Peter's part of this episode was great. He And he does the whole like run, Malia, get out of here. And then she saves his ass. And I was like, this is great. I love these two. <laughs> Oh, breaking barriers, saving each other, finding familial love. It's Yee-haw. great. Yeehaw. I loved how much time Malia and Lydia got in this episode together. Uh, yeah. I loved how much attention the girls got. Yeah. Main characters of the show. Who's Scott? They I don't are. know who that is. It is crazy how Scott McCall is the main character of Teen Wolf, but also not the main character of Teen Wolf. I literally don't know who that is. <laughs> um, Yeah. More girls. More girls. Um, no, I just, I think that getting to spend the finale together kind of expressed how much time that they actually have gotten to spend throughout the season that they have been leaning on each other. Like, Scott could not have been the one to be like, Malia, you need to accept Peter as your <laughs> lord and savior. It had to be Lydia. Well, also, you know, I think the devotion between Malia and Lydia is totally mutual because Malia is the one who's like, Scott doesn't know shit. If you think Styles is out there... Yes. he's out there <laughs> yes yeah it's in it's like oh my god yeah the men truly would be like well i didn't see style so you're wrong <laughs> lydia most powerful person in the room and malia is like you're not making this up like i know you're not and like we gotta figure out what's happening and she is you know obviously devoted to the cause but sees lydia's devotion to styles and has her own devotion to styles and is like i trust both of these people and love them too much to not to ignore what's happening even though like scott's busy <laughs> but scott is like way quicker to accept defeat he's like well styles isn't here so <laughs> um yeah it, it's so funny because it's not like it's a blind devotion on malia's part she even says like you're not usually wrong about these things or like you're always right about these things and lydia's like well i wouldn't say always but girl you're being modest like yeah in comparison to the boys you are almost always right yeah um you're going to mit <laughs> as a junior yeah so malia's devotion is based off of like a relationship that she's been building with lydia but also a recognition that lydia is again the smartest most powerful person in the room who is completely devoted to styles yes yes um 
Shall we shift gears slightly to talk about? I we should just. I think we should talk about uh, Melissa and Chris. It's hot. It's so hot. They're both so hot. Um, it's funny before this, my friend Sam, who's watching through for the first time, got to the season. He was like, oh, like, I really want the sheriff and Melissa to get together. And I was like, oh, OK. And he was like, oh, so they do. And I was like, I did, I'm literally not spoiling this. And then the second he watched this episode, he was like, oh, fuck, yeah, Chris and Ar- <laughs> Melissa and Arjun. I was like, yeah, fuck, yeah, Melissa and Arjun. Yeah, it's great. I think it is so much more like it's so great that it's not some sort of like big romantic gesture that it's not like they've been pining for each other it's like these two people are lonely and think the other one is hot and impressive and that is all i need my headcanon we may have talked about this in a previous episode they're already sleeping together maybe probably yeah or they are at least having rendezvous yeah yeah he comes into her house so casually. So casually. <laughs> like, he has a key. He makes coffee. <laughs> he has he a key. He knows where everything is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's not getting it from under the doormat. It's on his key ring. Like, yeah, he it's great. belongs there. I love that kiss. I think that whole moment is great, especially because he does, like, sort of show off this, like, manly man gunslinging. And, you know, the fact that this whole season has the cowboy elements, mm-hmm. that standoff, like is the quick and the dead type of shit is so good. It's so funny. It's so fun and referential. And the fact of the matter is, is that J.R. Bourne looks really <laughs> sexy doing it. And yes. Yeah. That's been one of the things I've really appreciated about this season in particular. And I think there are probably some other examples of it, but like the sheriff having Claudia um, or like the, the facsimile of Claudia and good word getting, Oh yeah. I love the word facsimile. Um, getting to be like a married man, uh, which is a side of him that we haven't really seen. Like we know that he's devoted to his dead wife, um, but to actually get to see that and to get to see parents as people and like Melissa as a person who like loves and needs um, is a cool. And I like it. Also like I am an adult and therefore I'm slightly more interested in the relationships that adults are having. Yeah. Yeah, it like, does get weirder watching teen shows when you're an adult. Yeah. Not what, weird, I, but like... No, but you're like, these these things feel uh, childish or sort mm-hmm. of like over or under complicated, you know? Yeah, like I don't ever think that I'm... And I hope not because it sounds exhausting, but I don't think that I'm ever going to experience that Allison Scott emotions like again in my life. The, the the like <laughs> the first teenage love thing. yeah 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 um but yeah I mean like it's really interesting to me that they have sort of devoted a lot of time to each other they've clearly been having this flirtationship whatever's happening mm-hmm. um and that is sort of just sort of like the cherry on top like yeah it's been you who I've been helping this whole time and you've been saving me and I've been saving you and smooch just great it's so fun so fun to watch under complicated it feels organic i think it's great and expresses both their devotion toward each other that they have probably been growing for years because of mm-hmm. everything totally. that's happened to them and just throughout the course of this season um we touched a little bit on the sheriff um he's not in as much of this episode as i think i would want him to but the main thing about this episode is that he is incredibly devoted to his son yeah, he has made that choice to let go of Claudia, um, which we saw in the previous episode or the one before that. can't remember. Um, and 
that allows him to completely recent her recenter his devotion on his son. And I think when he like finally sees Styles for the first time after coming to that realization, that only solidifies that feeling. And it is what allows him to um kill fake Claudia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even before then, like in the very beginning when he sees Styles, he's like, I'm not gonna save you know, do anything to save myself if it means that I can save you. Well, it's also him understanding that if anybody is going to fix this problem, it will be Styles in, like, with his friends. It will be Styles with his pack. It will be Scott and Styles. And he's devoted to giving them every minute of time that he can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, similar in the Corey sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, when he, I like, I kind of wish that, I kind of wish that at the end when he shot Claudia, just the one bullet did it. Like, I think that it's interesting to express that, like Lydia's feelings and the sheriff's feelings towards Styles in unison as she screams and he shoots. And that's what does her in like mm-hmm. the writer version of Claudia. No, I think it would have been so much more simple and like expressive of what he feels to just have it just be the one shot you know yeah uh or even her like not even in her ghost rider makeup i think would have been oh more effective yeah i think yeah if she looked like actual claudia claudia and no hesitation yep. from him yeah i think that would have been it would have been good but it was good in general yeah um let's get into the big pack the boys and lydia and Lydia. The boys and Lydia. But most importantly, Lydia and Styles. <laughs> um, no, let's talk about Scott. Scott is dumb and suicidal. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. Oh my God. Douglas passed him a note that was like, suicidal or stupid, and Scott circled the or. <laughs> um, porque no los dos. Um, yeah. Scott again kind of a similar in a similar situation um his devotion is to saving beacon hills like he knows that styles is out there and he we're doesn't seem like as preoccupied at that moment with getting back to him um as lydia does but he's also dealing with just like a completely other unprecedented problem Mm -hmm. which is douglas trying to merge the worlds and this could have been a really excellent um, moment for a really good moral quandary for Scott. Um, but instead, he gets to go off and be the hero. And his devotion to the people that he loves and to the town that he protects is ultimately what saves it. Yeah. I mean, I think that in that the end, like when Style says, you know, they still need us. He says something to the effect of like, they're always going to need us. Mm-hmm. I think this, this episode and, and, and this arc of the season is the perfect summation of that. Is that like, even when Scott doesn't have everybody around him and is like down a man and like doing things on his own, like he is so committed to doing, except in season five, to doing the most for the people around him. And I think that that is clearly demonstrated. And, Incre- like you know 
I was so frustrated with Scott in season five because he was written so out of character. And this feels so much closer to home. It mm-hmm. is the superhero thing. It is the like, I will save the world at like whatever cost to me type of thing. And I think that that's what makes it so compelling and so kind of, you know, great that his, you know, a really ragtag group of people <laughs> show up to help him. Like the absolute misfits show up to be like, and we're here too. And I think that that is really representative of how Scott's devotion can inspire others, even people like Peter mm-hmm. and Theo, who just doesn't want to go back to the underworld. You, the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it was really fun to watch him in this episode. Um, and uh, not to like project, because this isn't written that explicitly into it, but I think part of What his... are we doing here if not projecting? <laughs> if not projecting. But I think part of his devotion to Styles is having this understanding that Styles will come back. Yes. Yeah. He leaves Lydia and Malia to go f- see whatever Liam... Um, needs him to see. And I think in his mind, he's like, we're going to figure out another way to get to styles. Like there, where there's a will, there's a way styles will come back to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because he knows that styles feels that same devotion to him. And that is something that is like so rare and precious to see amongst men on television and particularly teenage boys. Um, that's just so like, it really touches my heart. Yeah, it's also a far more honest representation of how friends interact than most television would ever have you believe. Yeah, um, people are saying I love you to each other in this episode, which doesn't happen frequently, but it's important that it's said. Yes. Um, I love that. Yeah. I I love when when Scott and when Styles comes out to hug to hug Scott and then he's like oh Liam you too and Liam's like kind of like let go of me but like there's just a sort of really like it the the danger pauses because of mm-hmm. what styles is feeling upon seeing his friends and you know scott is such a big part of that um season five notwithstanding i mean i hate to keep bringing it up but it really is a, a such a it and it didn't test the relationship in a way that actually worked and made this stronger it tests the relationship in a way that made me think mm, that wouldn't happen and now i'm here <laughs> miscommunication is the laziest of lazy Boring. writing tropes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, that Scott really has, he not only does he have a devotion to a cause, I think he recognizes the devotion of all of his friends and that's kind of why he lets everyone go their own way. Except for Styles when Styles, <laughs> when he's like, you want to split up? Never again. No, <laughs> no, yeah, nope, never again. Um, uh, they do at the end though. They do because they're finally like ready to. That's mm-hmm. the whole thing and that's yeah. what's so smart about it. Um, studio time. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, oh it's so okay. Good. So they're Han and Leia, obviously. Yes. Um, I didn't say it back. You don't have to. I love you. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is. We this entire season has been about Lydia's devotion to Styles. Yes. Like. Yes, part of it is about the greater good. Yes, part of it is like the wild hunt is literally consuming this town and everything that I hold dear. By the way, where's Natalie? Nobody knows. She Um, was somewhere in there. (laughs) Yeah, in those hundreds of rooms. Um, It would have been great if she (laughs) showed back up with the sheriff in the hunt. Mm -hmm. Just to see like Lyndon Ashby and what is that actress's name? I don't remember. Oh, gosh. His real life wife. His real life wife. Just to see him interact. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That'd be nice. Um, 
But Lydia, I'm sorry. I'm I'm like the collective, so I love it so oh much. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not gonna cry. But um Lydia has spent this entire season doing literally everything she can to bring Styles back to her. She was about to step into that sub zero chamber. She was about to do literally whatever it took to get him back. Mm-hmm. And of course, he has been kind of operating in the same mode. Like he is utterly and completely devoted to her. And like, yes, there's the Scott thing, but he knows when he gets taken that Lydia is going to be the one who can bring him back. Yeah. And I think this is like, I know there are people who are wrong, who think that the, like (laughs) that the whole Styles Lydia relationship was like, weak and like made thrown together at the end but no I think this is so representative of the way that their feelings have matured towards each other because in the beginning of the show Styles doesn't even know how to act around Lydia without Mm -hmm. looking like an idiot um and then as they start to be really good friends and really care about each other they like sort of serve their relationship in the way that most benefits each other even if it feels like it wouldn't be beneficial to them so Lydia says like that first kiss changed everything. And then the next season styles is in this relationship with Malia. So of course she took a step back because she recognized was what was best for styles. Like all of these things are in like a best interest type of thing. And the fact that they are finally in a position where they are understanding other feelings towards each other, recognizing the feelings that the other one has had like feelings of devotion. The other one has toward them and can come out at the end of this season being like, of course, this is what we've always felt is so smart. It's the perfect slow burn, you know, the perfect slow burn. It feels true to life. Yeah. Um, it feels realistic. And I, I have never understood that particular argument of people who say it comes out of nowhere because you see them becoming better and better and better friends. And particularly when like Jackson is removed from the equation and when Styles and Scott aren't necessarily as close as they were, or like Scott is dealing with Liam, like Styles and Lydia have been each other's confidants. He has been the one who was most devoted to and interested in helping her figure out her powers. And then later on helping Parrish figure out his powers, which was clearly very important to Lydia. Like he they have consistently shown up for each other in ways that the other characters haven't done for either of them Mm -hmm. and it is okay great and makes complete sense that they fulfill these very unique functions in each other's lives that bring them to this point of love yeah I will say this marks a a failure of 6b to me is that because we don't have Dylan O'Brien at our disposal in that season you can't actually explore their relationship as it is finally solidified in a way that is satisfying to the audience another reason as to why it went have been a big, better idea to have it happen at the end mm-hmm. because of how fulfilling this is but yeah and I think that reunion is beautiful and the fact that she hears his voice in the hunt that he hears her voice in the hunt everything about it is is great and I said I loved that kiss I love that he sort of like puts his face in towards the side of her face and it, it's after like he hugs her and it's just so cute it's so organic and wonderful um yeah uh, that's i think that we've we've we have beat the like styles lydia conversation to death but like i could still keep talking about it so i should probably cut myself <laughs> off now i sound like such a fangirl haha this is a teen wolf podcast but like it really is so fun and so what one of the great joys of the show it feels earned and so 
infrequently do I feel that way about ships I care about. Yeah. Mostly because there aren't a lot of ships that I care about. No, because again, I, like, I, I it's not the reason I watch TV anymore yeah. because I am a person who watches things as like a holistic piece of art. But as somebody who watched Teen Wolf in high school <laughs> and is talking about it right now, it's important to me. Shall we move into Q's and O's? Let's do it. Uh, do you have any questions? A, a question in the sense that I like wish that this had been explored and I think this could have been something excellent for like an hour and a half finale or a two-part finale when they divert the train where does it go trolley problem Teen Wolf (laughs) tackles the trolley problem is the trolley problem and like is the answer that it just keeps going the hunt just keeps going and it moves on to another town you're sacrificing another town and it's like yeah in fact you're actually sacrificing a shitload more towns because they probably don't have (laughs) werewolves to stop this exactly but the other option is you let the hunt merge with the real world and become an army and it doesn't even seem to occur to scott for a second that he is just passing on the wild hunt problem no because i literally think the writers were like we cannot have scott (laughs) mccall to solve the trolley problem (laughs) Um, he's the dumbest person in the cast he is a little dummy dummy boy but um i would have loved to know where does the train go where does it go where does it go um and I also would love to know, I doubt this, but when Beacon Hills comes back, because they fucked with the Wild Hunt, do the other towns come back? I doubt it. No, I don't think so. It's been a long time. Yeah. But anyway, that's my question. Do you have any questions? I do have one. Yeah? How the hell does Douglas just have control over Parrish? He, okay. Does the, hell, <laughs> does the Hallenhound speak German? So he, the the Hallenhund, whatever the yeah. fuck, um... Is sorry to our German listener. <laughs> is green now. I'm sorry. It's just the way that he said it, it was like really sing-songy and kind yeah. of, it really sounded really dumb. But Parrish is like green on the inside now. And it's like, did Douglas just like squirt Ghost Rider juice into his mouth? Like, I don't know. Did he also eat Ghost Rider brain? Maybe. Parrish would be so grossed out by that. I would be sad to see the reaction. He would have been like, oh no, what did I do? He really would. I'm sure that there is like some minute detail. Actually, no, I'm not sure. But um, there could be some minute detail in the moment when, in the previous episode, when Douglas takes control of Parrish that actually explains it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make any goddamn sense Something to me. on Parrish, and I do think our biggest fan, Ryan Kelly, would agree with me. <laughs> He should be in more of the season. I that is part of my observations. I like really missed him. Yeah. 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 I just yeah, no no further comment on that. I just like a I little like bit his I presence. feel like they had to sort of sideline him because they knew that the Styles and Lydia thing was gonna have to happen this season, but that doesn't mean he couldn't have been like helping out. Imagine if there was a bunch of scenes between like Liam and Parrish. <laughs> it would be so awkward but so funny. And Parrish is like, you are quite literally a child you are a whole ass baby you are so tiny and scott's like you can't say that about my baby he's my son (laughs) he's my son yeah we're brothers now um (laughs) you bit me um do you have any observations you'd like to share i have so many i have i have a fair bit i'll say i'll say yeah um first of all i would just like to say that lyndon ashby is so goddamn handsome yeah there is a moment at the beginning of this episode 
because he's not in very much of it, when he tells Styles to run and he kind of like looks over his shoulder and grins at like the proposition of a fight. And I'm just like, this man is so handsome. You can tell we're old because we're like, oh my gosh, Jared Horn, Lyndon Ashby, and Bowen. I don't give a shit about the other people in the show. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I really like the train flipboard and... That's just kind of personal to me because at the 30th Street Station in Philadelphia up until like last year, they had this incredible, gigantic, would crush 50 people if it fell on you flipboard Mm. that changed like the times and everything. So I like seeing that. I really liked the design of the train stations just kind of in general throughout the season. Um, I really loved that. I I went through all of this to keep you from being taken. Why did Theo do that? You're right. <laughs> Why did he do that for Liam? His, Why? Like, clearly, like, in the last episode and a half, Theo is realizing that he, like, likes Liam and does not have any idea what to do with those feelings. <laughs> Regardless of what you think likes means in your own interpretation, as we said last <laughs> week, last time you're a born-again Theom shipper, I remain slightly unconvinced. <laughs> but, yeah, he, like, is like, well, I guess I'm your friend now and Liam is like you don't have to do that thanks (laughs) I guess I'm gonna do this for you yeah love me um yeah that was that was a lot I noticed that in the fight scenes in this particular episode there was a lot of like really sweet sweet gymnastic acrobatic moves like people were flipping around and jumping in the air yes I was like doing inception flips off the hallway wall pretty much um I'm not gonna say that it looked dumb but it did look kind of out of the normal like Teen Wolf fighting style and I don't know if that's because the Ghost Riders are not normal Teen Wolf um people I couldn't say um but it was noticeable because it happened a lot Mm -hmm. um we already talked about this, but I really missed Parrish. There was a moment um, when they were putting the liquid nitrogen on Parrish where I it would not have bothered me if they didn't acknowledge the fact that like Scott and Liam were holding him down. But the fact that Liam was like, oh my God, you sprayed liquid nitrogen on me is really funny. Styles was like, yeah, get over it. You'll <laughs> heal. Deal with it. You are fine. Yeah. Um, is great. I loved all of the casual uh, I love yous in this episode. It felt so familial and comfy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I loved um, the relationship building. I think that this is so beautiful. I love that the last shot is like an extended, the Jeep drives off. It's not just a cut to black right away. Uh, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. What are your observations? Um, I loved the setup of Corey and the wires, especially because we have not seen a lot of body horror in this season. So I was kind of missing it. I'm like, somebody needs to get bludgeoned. Someone needs to puke. Yeah. Where did all the vomiting go in Teen Wolf? People used to throw up in every episode. Pretty much. First the mistletoe and then the squid ink. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, maybe maybe, maybe we don't need it. Um, I loved the Old West gunfight. I know we talked about it, but Mm -hmm. it was the the draw was great. Oh, there is a moment where Styles is in a in the locker room with a Ghost Rider, and the Ghost Rider holds his gun to his head, and Styles just like closes his eyes and is about to just like accept it. And it is a callback to season four when Raphael kills the chemist and Styles is basically just kind of like, I'm going to die. And it's, I think it's in the same locker room and everything. Mm-hmm. And then this time it's Lydia who saves him. Um, 
which is interesting. We also heard Raphael's name again. Well, we didn't hear his name, but basically Styles was like, thanks to your dad, I'm in college. <laughs> what? Where is he? <laughs> also, <laughs> love that Teen Wolf is fully like, yeah, nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my God. Okay. When Styles is running through the rift, it is like a slow motion. <laughs> it looks so fucking stupid. It looks so dumb. It's, it's really like cheesy. This chariots of fire ass <laughs> moment, uh, which is funny because they managed to make the like actual legit reunion between Styles and Lydia like so sincere and such an excellent moment. But yeah, he's doing his little slow mo do 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 do. Yeah, <laughs> like yep. ridiculous. Um. Uh oh, <laughs> I just like the moment where Styles meets back up with Scott after they respawn in separate places. <laughs> He's like, "I finally saw the girls' locker room. Wasn't that different? <laughs> kind of disappointing." Yeah, they have been all over that school at all hours <laughs> of the day, and they haven't been to the girls', girls locker, locker room. room. Very funny. That seems suspicious. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh, then also I liked the bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't <laughs> when, misread that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't misread that when he hits. Yeah, just really good stylisms, really mm-hmm. fun. Um, I think that's all of my observations. I have one more question, actually. Okay. Where the fuck is Deaton? Where is Deaton? We didn't even find him in the hunt. Where is he? We didn't see him get raptured. I really feel like, especially in the absence of styles, Deaton could have been such a big part of the season, and they didn't do that. Yeah. I, ugh. he could have been, he could have been so many things. He could have been a big help. He could have been a secret villain. I don't know. Seth Gillum, I'm so like, sorry. We, I genuinely enjoy seeing him on the show. No when matter he's how doing stuff. deeply unhelpful Deaton is at oh, times. Yeah. <laughs> but even that, I would have like welcomed some, a familiar face being unhelpful. Yeah. Um, he just disappears and that is like what I guess one of the reasons why we can't really consider the conclusion of this to be the conclusion of the series because we didn't get to wave goodbye to really anybody except those two that's con styles but where the fuck is Deaton I don't know where is he <laughs> I can't help you uh do you want to offer us our pack stats I do yeah um we had seven eyes and one claws and I mean Parrish is Still, it's still one shirt because he's still wearing those flame retardant boxers. Um, <laughs> they are just, it's just like, why don't they burn off? I mean, They're, I know why they don't for censorship reasons. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Parrish, like, way out ahead on the bike shorts trend. Oh my gosh, yeah. Look so, at you. Yeah. Fancy, throw a little sweatshirt over it, a little Princess Die action. Princess Die moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we, no ads, no sirens thus far, but we're not yet done. It's true. So. That is true. I was thinking, what if we added up all of our pack stats for like the whole show at the end? I would have to go through so many different notebooks. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, do you have an alpha of the week? Um, it's hard. This is a very, like, really evenly split episode. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna actually, um, give it to Malia. Okay. Because. She gives Scott the, the whip. She could have pulled the lever. I literally think they should have given that moment to Malia. I think so too. I think they should have given it to her, but she gets Scott the whip. She wakes up Peter who comes to their aid. She's the one who believes in Lydia. I think that without Malia, this shit would have gone down differently so she's my alpha of the week 
I'm going to give it to Styles because I missed him in Love Yeah, Him. I fucking missed him. I really missed him. God, the show is good when he's on it. Cheers. The show was good when he wasn't on it for this whole season, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this season. We had a great time. In case anybody was confused on where we stand on 6A, we like it. Well, part of me is like, am I just relieved? That it was good? That I, it didn't feel like as much of a commitment, that it was a more lighthearted season, that it was something I knew I was going to enjoy going in. Did I like it more because of how much I disliked Five, even go through the second time? I really think that it's so hard to say. I think that I would have liked 6A watching it in isolation. Like if I had just gone back and done a casual rewatch of Teen Wolf and I had said, I'd like to watch 6A. I think I would have liked it. Yeah. I will. I think it's really good. I think it's really good. I think the fact that it is so um, pared down and kind of stripped down to the essentials is what makes it really successful for me, particularly um, because season five for all its faults and we don't have to get into it, but it was so jam packed with things that didn't make any fucking sense. Um, The fact that this is so straightforward and dealing with really heavy emotional themes to kind of sink into. It feels like an acknowledgement of what viewers are there for when watching Teen Wolf. I mean, I think we're just jumping right in on what works. Mm -hmm. And I think that like emotional structure and plot structure, both totally, it is so uncomplicated. And I mean that in a really good way, like honorific Mm -hmm. because the plot itself, it's not like I'm sitting there thinking I know exactly what's going to happen in every episode. I'm not bored by it, but it is not bogged down by like asinine stuff we never see ever again. You know, the cast was reduced. We didn't have like a million and eight sidelines. We weren't throwing Gerard in there at the end just to see what happens. Mm-hmm. It was really intelligently paced. Um, and I think that, again, to your point, it is an acknowledgement of what the audience wants. They want... The villain, they want the, you know, teen wolf, big bad of the season. But for this series, like this season in particular, it was way more about like character study. And that is by at this point what people are looking for because they're here for the characters. Yeah. I I think as a teen wolf watcher, as a teen wolf podcaster. As a teen wolf <laughs> historian. Aficionado. An academic. Um, I feel like you leave season five feeling really disoriented because you kind of don't know where people stand. Um, partially just because so many of them have been written completely out of character. Um, and we're not really sure what people's relationships are to each other. And it's kind of like when you wake up in a room and you forgot you fell asleep on the couch. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, why am I here? Or you fall asleep in the afternoon and you wake up and it's dark and you're you're like, like, is it tomorrow? Have I been raptured? Um, yeah. So getting to like refocus and I wanted to remember why I really liked the show and I did. Totally. Yes. Yes. Um, I think the ghostwriters work great villain. I love, I love that even at the end, they're like the ghostwriters have no cause. They have no master. They are just unbridled chaos. I love that. Love Um, it. Love it. I think that the two most successful, well, I would say that the three most successful villains of Teen Wolf are Ducalia and the Nogitsune and the ghostwriters. Totally. And I think that the ghostwriters and the Nogitsune are Complete, like super compelling because like 
yeah, the no Kitsune is vaguely interested in revenge, but largely it's just chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find it so interesting, Scott, who is like trying to save everybody, et cetera, et cetera, um, being faced with chaos and people who don't want anything, um, is a, a challenge for him as like a leader and for everybody else who's trying to figure out the pieces of the puzzle. Um, I think it's really fun to watch. Yeah, there's no changing the mind of somebody who doesn't have a mind to change, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, aesthetically, awesome. It fucks. Love that they're ghost cowboys, zombie cowboys, whatever they are. Like they mm-hmm. look like scarecrows. They lo- they look like um, like dehydrated wood. Yeah. And when uh, Douglas turns into one, you know, it actually reminded me of when like mm. his mouth started stitching together. You know, I it's actually funny because it's not very good uh, CGI, but in uh, The Empty Child, when the gas masks uh, grow out of their face, that's what it looked like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really liked that. I think it looks great. I really, in this episode in particular, I liked the combination of like the waiting rooms in like places in Beacon Hills where we were already familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked that. I thought it was cool. Yeah, that was good. Um, um, yeah, I think the design of the season was great. I obviously loved the design of Kanan. And it feels, it feels local. It feels local. Yeah. It feels local as opposed to like, oh, well, the Dread Doctors are going to take over the world, question mark. It feels like there are global implications, but it's but not really. Yeah. Um, versus like the Wild Hunt is obsessed with consuming Beacon Hills and that's it. Yeah. Yes. Love it. Like they didn't have to go to Mexico. <laughs> yeah. No more sepia filter. No more sepia filter. <laughs> Come on, Teen Wolf. Come on. Your lead actor is Mexican and you pulled the sepia filter shit. Come on. But we really liked season six. Um, no, yeah, we did. We loved season six. I think, obviously, the studio works. I think the role that Liam plays in this season is impressive and fun, and I like watching Dylan Sprayberry. It's so great to watch him coming into his own, and I don't like the feeling when I'm watching something that it's obviously being set up for a sequel. Yeah. Um, and I think that the like plot trajectory for Liam this season could have felt a lot more heavy handed, um, which is saying something because they're already like, you're going to be the new alpha, but it, yeah, it was pretty <laughs> ham fisted. It it's pretty ham fisted, but I also, it, it really kind of felt to me like uh, Liam really wants to be worthy of being Scott's successor, which feels in character with the way that their relationship has developed over the last couple of seasons and it was really fun to watch and it felt earned at the end of this episode that that's where he was going to end up and I didn't it didn't feel um forced yeah Yeah. which I really liked I like that I like the Corey and Mason stuff they really love each other they love each other um I think that they should have been allowed to smooch a little more okay just in general I well, Teen Wolf got a lot less naked and it got a lot less gory. A lot so. less naked, a lot less smoochy, a lot less disgusting. Toothless, gutless, <laughs> crotchless. Come on, Teen Wolf. That's not what we're here for. Um, I loved all the Claudia stuff. Oh yeah, I thought it was heart wrenching. I thought the end when she comes back is like that thing is really good, but I agree that he should have killed her as like his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, so compelling, so good. All the stuff with the wallpaper. Uh, okay, 
Like the fact that they were basically like Lydia's plotline this season is the yellow wallpaper. That's crazy. Genius. Yeah. Um, it well that like Teen Wolf felt smart. Yeah. Sorry. You know, it felt really smart. It felt like uh, people were paying Sorry, attention. Sorry, we just said that Teen Wolf felt smart. <laughs> I know that's not really our bag, but it, no. it was. No. Uh, yeah, I really loved all of the stuff with Claudia and the sheriff and. Also because, um, you know, the sheriff has spent a a lot of the show just, like, being the support and coming to terms with the supernatural. Like, just sort of a sad, sexless parental figure. Yeah, and the fact that he's having to wrestle with the idea that he had a son and then also, like, reliving Claudia dying again, basically. Yeah, it it is a really interesting study in grief. And how, um, what you would do to stop those feelings, um, to never feel them again. And I yeah. think that that is really, uh, intelligent. Um, you know, it's so interesting to me that like other people in Beacon Hills are losing their family members and like, you know, Gwen is looking for her sister and stuff, but the sheriff is the only one that we know about whose grief is so profound that he summoned an entire creature to fill that void. With the exception of, um, Lorraine. Yeah, well, from in Beacon Hills. Yes. Um, that is so compelling to me. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, anything else to work about this season? Um, Do you want to talk about Leo and... <laughs> Theo and Liam? Theo and Liam. Theo and Liam. Theo and Liam. I liked that Theo came back. I, mm, I We love a snarky little man. He's actually pretty tall, I think. Yeah. <laughs> we love a snarky... He's kind of built, too. A snarky young man. Um, and I do think that because Mason is just such a, like, lovely, happy helper, um, it's nice to have Liam have someone who's kind of adversarial. Regardless of whether or not you listeners are also born again or perhaps OG Theum shippers, truthers, believers, it's nice... For him to have another dynamic to play off of. I think you're right, especially after Hayden's, like, um, sort of attitude wanes. Mm-hmm. There's no one challenging Liam, except for sometimes Styles, and, like, he needs somebody to be like, That's a suck. dumb idea. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> suck. Um, yeah, I think it's great that Theo came back. I like his place in 6B. Um, I think it was a really funny thing to just, like, a really smart thing to just do at the end, like, at the in the middle of the season and have them be the last ones in... You know, I think this 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 season did a really interesting thing of playing with character dynamics and pairing up people in unlikely situations. That's why it was so fun watching Malia and Lydia actually be friends. You know, Scott spends a lot of time with the baby pack. Yeah, it's a it's a what if we were the last people on Earth scenario, which is exactly what's happening. And that's why everybody is spending time with characters that you aren't necessarily seeing. I think that's really interesting. Like I said, I think the pacing is awesome. I think most of these episodes are so compelling because of the way that they're set up. They're slower. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're not going quickly. It means that they're not jam packed with 30 second scenes of nothing. Like Mm -hmm. they are so intelligently spread out throughout the season. And yeah, it was great. Like I, I've been saying this a million and five times, the season succeeds because it relocalizes the emotional arc around the character who everyone cares the most about. Audience included. Audience included. It, it, I could not speak to what the difference is between what they were trying to accomplish in five versus six. And we talked about this a lot in our season five wrap up, but 
like I was saying earlier, season six feels like a moment where the writers were really paying attention to their audience and the fandom and what people really loved about the show to begin with and um, writing to those strengths. I also think it's smart that you say fandom separate from audience because at this point in the show, you have gone on so long that Teen Wolf doesn't have a, ca- a casual audience anymore. No. It's like, only people who are devoted to the show. Oh, devotion, devoted to the show. <laughs> like, people are invested. And um, I think that it's evident in this particular season that the writers took that really seriously. Mm-hmm. What doesn't work? Douglas. Why Mr. Douglas, Douglas is a Nazi? Why? Boring. Boring. I Unintelligent commentary. If he's a Nazi, then he actually has to be a Nazi with like Nazi ideals. He doesn't just get to be some random bad guy who wants an army that could be literally anybody. Yeah. You didn't intelligently express anything about why you were introducing a character of this background. And also, yeah, boring. It's not Mr. Douglas. Uh, like the concept, I think somebody needed to fill that role like because you know the wild hunt doesn't want anything and they don't speak like you you someone needed an agenda yeah someone needed an agenda to be foiled and that's fine um but it didn't need to be a nazi and i hate i hate that when he turns into a ghost rider he has a swastika armband i hate that yeah it's fucking awful um i think that i really like on a personal note and i don't know that this is necessarily a failure of like the structure of the season but because it is 10 episodes i kind of wish that we had had just a little more wiggle room to play with certain concepts or catch up with certain characters like i missed parish i really wish that he had been included a little bit more in the season i you know i just think it could have been spaced out a little bit especially because this last episode is so full Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we're, I were to give it, it's a full 12 episodes of like the earlier seasons, I would split Ghosted into two episodes and have one episode that was literally just the, bi- the big pack in Canaan and another episode that was literally just what was happening with the baby pack. I mm-hmm. think doing an episode without any of the big pack would have been a real risk and would have been really interesting. Yeah, I agree. We would have gotten to actually settle into like the horrors of what happens when the hunt leaves and then it would have split it into a two part finale. I agree. Um, Yeah. And I, you know, we were joking about the trolley problem, but I think there could have been a bigger moral question being asked in this season. Um, And we're already dealing with like a lot of really heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that, you know, we could have explored a little bit more. I mean, it it also goes back to like the Douglas problem. It's like the most reductive thing you can say is that the because the main characters are not Nazis, they're on the side of good. Mm-hmm. But if Scott actually had to struggle with whether or not to like let the train go on... That would be so compelling yes. to me personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have... I, I, again, just like feel sad for what Hayden became to this show. I think that they could have actually had an opportunity to have her really stretch her legs and become a character I was really interested in, and they dropped the ball. Totally. And particularly taking into consideration the fact that Kira is no longer present on the show that leaves us with two female main characters. They could have given something to Hayden. Yeah. And instead they were trying to make her, you know, a cool girl. They put her in a scene with Lydia and Malia. Actually, it would be really funny if she tried to be a real cool girl in front of them. And they were like, um, anyway, (laughs) 
<laughs> we get it. You're not like other girls. Yeah. Like, there is a really, like, I, I am, I'm saddened by the fact that they did such a poor job in, in introducing her and making her, like, in, I, and maybe there was bad fan reaction. I don't know, because I was not paying attention in season five, but maybe there was bad fan reaction. They were like, oh, like, the fans don't like her. Then make us like her. Don't write her out. Yeah. It's not hard. There's a reason why villains are popular, not just on Teen Wolf, but in any genre show that has, like, a compelling villain. People will like them if you give them, like, reasons to. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is a bummer. Um, another thing that I makes me sad uh, about this season, and, like, this is so absurd because it's the whole thing and i've said that this season works remarkably well without him but just having dylan o'brien in this episode again changes everything Mm -hmm. he is i mean just like not having styles is like he's the pillar like a teen a pillar of teen wolf yeah and it's the show lags with like you know sags without him um again the fact that this season is so successful without him is incredible but like he changes like the air when he's on. He his, oh, his, his presence screen is, presence is phenomenal. So it is so noticeable when it is not there. Yeah, yeah. What else doesn't work? Um, I am weirdly enough, yeah, having a difficult time coming up with more things. That I actually I think that if I spent a lot of time spinning out the logistics of the Ghost Riders and other aspects of this season, it would start to make my brain hurt. I will say, like, this, because this season doesn't have any of the, like, random bullshit garbage that drags five and four down Mm -hmm. of, like, weird mythology unexplained, um, I'm a lot less likely to question it. Because you made it simple, I'm just sort of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Cool, I'm in. Cowboys, yeehaw. Ye fucking ha. Ye fucking ha, man. Yeah. Uh, Shall we move into uh, what we're looking forward to? Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to more Theo. Yeah, I really like him as a character. I'm glad they decided to bring him back for this season and to keep him there. He kind of earns his stripes. I will be very completely <laughs> honest that I don't fucking remember mostly anything that happens in 6B. I'm I'm going to be interested to see what our listeners have to say about their reactions to 6B. Um, a lot of them are watching it in real time. We weren't, we, neither of us did. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, like, again, like, it's very clearly, like, a Trumpian allegory about, like, the way that, you know, hate and fear have infected the country and world. Um, I don't know if I'm quite ready to dive into that because, frankly, we're not in a post, you know, that we're not past that era. It still feels very real. Um, Sabrina had a really similar uh, failure. Like, Sabrina's... The, the, I never got to season three and I actually couldn't finish season two of Sabrina, but like the second scene of Sabrina is a really similar sort of like thing. And I think it's really actually hard to deliver commentary intelligently on something that is actively happening. It can happen. Bo Burnham's inside is like the only good pandemic art we're going to get, but I don't think it was done. It felt like it was done with the intention of making a statement with it as opposed to the extent, the intention of examining what like the, you know human condition in regards to the existence of that statement but we're reintroducing more complicated thoughts like we both were just like wow i wish scott had to deal with the trolley problem like this next season is asking us to think a lot more about morality mm-hmm. than this you know than 6b 6a has us do we're gonna get a new litany of characters we have new villains um which is interesting and an old villain like gerard returns 
Deucalion returns. Yeah, I fucking love Deucalion. I love you, Deucalion. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting because when I was watching it, I was kind of thinking to myself, I really wonder what the writers were thinking when this was happening because it it does feel like a story that is connected to so many different parts of history um, and not just like world history, but American history in particular. It doesn't necessarily feel like if I had watched it pre-Trump, I would have been like, I get it. You know, like yeah. it feels, unfortunately, like it does feel like. We're talking about what we look forward, what we're looking forward to. I by know, the way. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to re-examining it because I, I think so too. was not in a place where I was like ready to watch something like that when I was watching it. Even though it's not, like it's Teen Wolf, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like I'm watching something as like visceral and upsetting as like, let's say Handmaid's Tale. But at the point I was watching this, I was like, I actually don't want to be thinking about this at all when mm-hmm. I'm consuming art that's supposed to entertain me. Yeah. Um, it's, it was really, I felt very weighed down by everything that was going on at the time I was watching 6B. That said, I think you're right. When I think about like sort of uh, the way that we've approached all these seasons, the exception to five, whatever, I don't care. Like I had a great time watching four. Mm-hmm. It was fun. I thought so much differently about two and both seasons of three I think that it's going to be a really fun brain exercise I think it's going to ask a lot of us at the end through the end of this podcast Mm -hmm. um so I am excited to to rewatch this and and see what I can you know to see how I approach it now years out um it's going to be interesting what are we going to miss I know we talked a lot about what works what's gone from the next season Styles. (laughs) Styles. <laughs> Styles. And he's like gone, gone, which yeah. stinks. Um, Styles. And that just puts us, in a, puts us in a situation where the two members of like the original cast of the kids mm-hmm. are just Scott and Lydia, whom I love. Yeah. Um, but it does feel really empty without Styles. And, and part of like six succeeds without Dylan O'Brien because it's centered around finding styles so we're constantly reminded of his presence but it's just not the same um in 6b as far as i remember mm-hmm. um wait yeah we just when we when we were talking about what we're looking forward to we missed all of the people who come back for like that's true we get the whole jackson thing we get the Derek american werewolf boyfriends in london i actually do think that that Spin-off. is stellar yeah 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 ethan comes back I think that we'll be more excited once we start getting that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I am gonna miss the. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'll miss the Ghostwriters. I'll miss the Styles thing. I'm gonna miss how undercomplicated the season was. It felt just like easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. Like yeah. next season is a bigger bit of a bigger beast to tackle. Like I'm gonna have to start thinking hard. Ugh. Ugh. Um, yeah, and I'm gonna. Uh, you know, I'm gonna miss some of the stuff that kind of got put to bed in this season. Like. It's not as thrilling when you're not waiting for Styles and Lydia to get together. Mm-hmm. That's you know? true. Yeah. That's like how... Oh, my God. I'm looking forward to Scott and Malia. Scalia. Yeah. Hail Mary. Definitely <laughs> looking forward to that. What a Hail Mary. Great Hail Mary. That's true. That is, I think, one of the things that keeps it going. Like, I've never understood why um, Bones, the TV series, kept going once Booth and Brennan got together, because that's, like, the whole fucking point of Bones. I've never seen Bones, but um, I believe you. 
Yeah, it's like, a, it's a will they, won't they for like nine seasons. And they finally get together and you're like, ah, dust my hands, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> and then it kept going and you were like, what? So having the Scalia of it all yeah. is like, I'm here. Yeah. Here for it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, it's funny. After discussing, you know, everything that we liked, I feel like it's going to be... Like, these are different seasons. It's, it's, like, 6A and 6B aren't really in the same way of, like, 3A and 3B, which are connected mm-hmm. uh, in a far more um, tangible way. So it's kind of going to be the same way as, like, what I liked from 6A is just not in 6B. So it's, it's not really, like, I miss it. It's just, like, it's not part of the season. Mm-hmm. So I think that about gets close to wrapping it up. Do you want to give an alpha of the season? Olivia. Lydia, yeah, of course. It's obviously Lydia. Obviously Lydia. And it's so, it feels so good to give her that. Like, mm-hmm. she deserves it. Also, like, the amount of dues that Holland Roden had to pay compared to any of the men in this cast. Bananas. Infuriating. Um, she's delightful. I, okay, this is one, one last thing I do want to say about that is um, Lydia suffered so much in season five and doesn't get to process any of it and her big arc in 6a is that she is looking for a man that's true Ugh, which sucks let me let (laughs) let let any of the women experience their trauma wholly in the show yeah we never hear anything from malia i would like allison is gone obviously early in the show but like so much of what she you know like we never get to really examine allison's guilt that she feels and then they just Mm -hmm. send kira to the underworld yeah, bye, Boom, babe. Teen Wolf. Like, I'm so happy to give it to Lydia, um, but also Teen Wolf could have done better. I should I should be able to give it to her every season. That is the truth. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I think that wraps up six A. I'm excited to get to six B. Like I said, uh, before that, we have a very fun bonus episode. We are going to be watching Scream. Yeah, one of my favorite. M- one of my favorite horror movies. Yeah. Um, like. Probably the defining movie of 90s horror and uh, 100%. It's so good. We're so excited. If you've never seen Scream and you like scary movies, we encourage you to watch it before we do our bonus episode. That will be coming out at the end of this week and then we start 6B next week. Um, if you liked this episode, you guys can follow us on Twitter at Teen Wolf underscore Rewolf, which is also our Instagram handle. You can follow us on Tumblr at Teen Wolf Rewolf, and our Facebook group is Teen Wolf Rewolf Podcast. If you really like this episode, you guys, please leave us a review on iTunes. We want so many people listening to the Rewolf, and we know you do too, so leave us a review. If you leave us five stars and a review, we'll read it on the podcast and do some commentary. Um, if you really, really like this podcast, you can buy our stickers. You can buy us a coffee, ko.com forward slash Teen Wolf Rewolf. And um, if you haven't already today, listen to September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. And we hope you guys have a wolf of a week. Uh, woo!